going, everybody? Welcome back to the RDN Good Roller Pod, episode two, sponsored by Will Hockey. Will Hockey, they're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or check them out on their website at willrdac.com. They got all your roller swag, clothes, hats, hoodies, flags, anything you need. You got it. I got my hype man here next to me. Hype me up. Let me just bring him in here real quick. Yo, everybody. Jordan Hampleton back. You guys know how I'm doing. I'm always living life, living good. Yeah, kid always got the smile on his face. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we had, who do we have on the podcast today? We had, how do you forget, bud? I didn't forget, but you, you know, you're all good at it. Corey Hodge, Ryan Perry, and Kyle Schultz. Um, on that episode, we kind of talk about the NRHL, what's coming, and all those guys played in the first two seasons of the NRHL, so we just dive into a little bit about that, and we also dive into about their Rink Rat Detroit pro team they're going to be having, and um, kind of how that all came about. And the they'll be playing it, yeah. and we'll see them this summer. It was a, it was a good conversation, um, so that's what you guys can expect on this episode. We're going to kind of a little touch in, since we haven't talked about uh, NARCH winners. Um, as you guys know, Palma Labeda Golden Knights, they... One yeah, pro over black ice, over black ice, in a phenomenal championship yeah, game. Really the semifinals cool. games were unreal, too. Uh, thankfully for our main guy, Kevin Dweezy from RDN, also Connex Peer goalie. Uh, thank you for doing the live stream out there and kind of you know getting all the info and you know just getting freaking video. Yeah, there are a lot of people watching, it was a good, it was a good game, yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks to him to that. And, uh, you know, Narch was phenomenal as always. Darren's just pumping out the videos. It looked, it just looked the talent. I heard this year that the Narch Pro Winters was deep. You know, yeah. was, there is some deep teams. And, I mean, if you look at those rosters, I mean, having Black Ice out there too, that's that's always sick having an East Coast team. Exactly. Um, so that was cool. Um, some, some big news, breaking news this last week. Uh, huge news in the roller world, if you haven't heard. Etan Chavera is headed back home. He's going home, ladies and gentlemen. He's going home. To the Palma Flabeta Golden Knights. Yep. He's uh, as you guys know, he used that's that that was his team growing up. That's basically the only pro team he ever played for other than Rink Rat and I think the Puck Fit Indians. Um, but like I said, I did a little IG live interview with a him great on Tuesday. IG live interview. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Thank you, Etan, for taking an hour out of your day to do that. Um, I didn't think it'd be that long and we ended up being <laughs> an hour. Yeah. Um, but you can talk to that guy about anything and he'll open up. And that was a really cool, uh, pretty good insight on some people that might not know him or, you know, wanted to know why he made that decision. And like I said, I think uh, not seeing him in a Palma uniform was never the same. And I think now we get to see this. We get to see Eton go back home. And that team is going to be deadly. They are going to be a very good offensive team. So I'm excited to watch that team. That was pretty cool news. Um, we don't always get that kind of news in the rural world. So that yeah, was cool. Very nice to have it. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, we'll send it over to the interview. That's um, basically most of the pod today. Yeah. Any, you want to touch on no, anything else, George? I hope you guys enjoy the interview. I hope you guys all had fun at winning that's last weekend. And, you know, let's get it popping. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to try to release these uh, episodes weekly or bi-weekly, but we're going to be pumping them out. So, again, enjoy the interview. Um, but, yeah, so I guess to start the pot off, I mean, that was your kind of question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so talking to you guys first, Perry and Hodge, I know you guys are like – I know uh, Perry talked to you last year and you were talking about joining the rink rat and, um, you know, pretty excited about it going into it during the summer, before summer. And then I noticed you guys didn't play with them this winter – Nationals at Narch, and then I know that we'll get into it later. But you guys are making the new Detroit Rinkrat team, so I wanted to know how did that all happen and how did that all fold out, or why did you not play with uh, them this year? I mean, like me and Ryan. I mean, first of all, like our whole group of guys that we're like trying to go forward with. Like we've all known each other for like twelve years plus. Like, and we've always like kind of wanted over the last few years to like get it together again. But it's been like I don't know. We've all kind of been separate, doing our own thing. Uh, and then literally before I played rank rat, uh, the year we won, uh, we were already talking about making our own after that summer yeah, we and then we won. And I was like, well, and I, was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, you can't like win and play it and play with like some girls like that and then leave. That's like, yeah. And then, uh, the situation happened where, um, you know, we, you know, junior left, so we had spots open and it made it possible for Ryan to come and play with me too. And 
So, I mean, that was awesome to be able to happen. But um, I, I guess his winners last year went really great and it was fun. And then it, um, it just seems like there's a disconnect on both sides. It's our fault, too. There's no fault anyway. But something happened where it just things weren't clicking very well. And it's just, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Ethan's doing his thing, too, now. And, I mean, just like it seemed uh, we need to do something different on both sides. Yeah, I think going into last to last year winners, we had a roster built. Hodge and I did to do our own team, but then he after they won state wars, he was like, "Yeah, I don't know, like if I want to leave right now, timing's not right." So obviously, I understood that, like you don't want to leave after a big win. I mean, how can you want to leave after you just you know won Palma Pro too? Yeah, it's it's you can't. I mean, it's like it's like I love all my friends, and I would love honestly, like I was I was still considering it and then like I had a couple people like even like George Brown like again things kind of fell apart but I mean things happened but yeah it wasn't no we we, we've been talking about wanting to get these guys together it was yeah I mean playing with your boys that's kind of what you always want to do yeah yeah Yeah, go ahead Perry yeah and I that kept us like from playing with them I mean we talked to Ethan and Maxwell in I think October and kind of just stated like where we stood and and they stated where they stood and we just decided that we'll just go our separate ways like a mutual decision it wasn't we had faults that they didn't like and they had faults that we didn't like and we just decided to go our own way and uh yeah we had the idea to do our own team and then fabio reached out from rink rat and he was like hey like before we even talked to him he reached out to us and he was like if you guys want to have the ring rat name like you guys can like feel that's free. pretty sick it's awesome support you so i was like i called Corey and i was like dude like he put this on the table for us like it's almost perfect for us to do it so within i think 24 hours everyone knew the word was spread and pe- people were texting us asking why they didn't get spots on the team and we're like this all just came about like yesterday pretty cool though that's good news though it's pretty cool that everything worked and it seemed like it worked pretty fast too like it wasn't a long process you weren't like depending on a lot of people it kind of just happened definitely yeah i mean i think like going into it like like me and ryan already had like a good idea like even last year like when we were talking about doing a team like the huge debate was like all right are we gonna do this with our boys or are we like trying to get guys from like all over and like me and him both like thought like you know like if we're doing this like we we want to get like our guys together that have been like our family for the last like 10 years especially like after all these years to finally try to bring everybody together and plus a few guys from other places to help add to a little something okay so um how you getting oh there we go so you guys already kind of just said what made your decision to start your own team um can you guys give us on any insight on, you know, who's on the roster or is that something you guys are still working on or something you guys don't want to talk about yet? Uh, we, um, we we're mostly based out of Detroit for probably 75% of the teams, all Detroit guys and all guys. Is it some of the guys from like the infamous team that you guys, I know. It was my team. Yeah. Some of those boys. Yeah. You'll have a few of those guys, you know, like, like I said, like our, like our homeboys, like Swim, Adam Swim, Aaron guys, you know, next Wednesday, Kyle Schultz, like, you know, like our really close friends uh, that have also been in the pro game for just as long as all of us. And I uh, got a couple other guys that a little bit outside, but they're like our good friends. And they're, they're, they're still names that people are going to know too. And I got one that's going to be, I think, as long as he still is able to come for State Wars, he's going to be a pretty exciting one, I think, uh, to see at State Wars. Uh, I'll keep that one a little more low-key. Maybe release it a little uh, closer to summers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll definitely be out once we like send a roster in. Uh, we've right. been trying to figure out uh, working it out for him to be able to come and everything. So, uh, so that's a little giveaway for he's not from here. <laughs> okay. So, as you said, uh, Schultz, you're playing with them uh, with your Rat team, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, how it came about, like, uh, <coughs> so I. Um, I played with Georgie in excitement for a while. And uh, George obviously kind of put in his notice that uh, he was all done and he was just kind of moving on and doing his whole new career and that kind of stuff. So, I actually, yeah, yeah, saving the world. <laughs> that, guy, that guy's a beauty. He's so, yeah, he, he's the best ever. I mean, probably I told him hands down the best coach I've ever had in my life. 
Um, he's a great yeah, coach. From a lot of people. Yeah, are. for sure. I mean, and even like a family member. I mean, the guy is to Perry. I mean, to everybody, that's how he is. So, but he was like, Hey, I'm out. Um, so I actually texted Perry and was like, bro, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, uh, I just started like hitting up teams, literally just DMing guys like coaches and GMs and just, Hey, like, give me a shot. Like, I know I'm not like whatever, but like, you got to do what you got to do to get on those teams. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, you guys got any room, blah, blah, blah. And they're all just like, yeah, we'll get back to you. And uh, maybe for winners and stuff like that. And then literally like, like they just said, it was so organic. Like Perry just texted me and was like, Hey, like, you're never going to believe this, but like rink rat basically just gave us like the go ahead for Detroit team. And it was like so crazy. Cause what you just said, it all happened so fast. Like it was like one of those, Oh, we're going to do exactly what we've always wanted to do. Yeah. Wow. So it was, uh, it was nuts. Like, yeah. Probably the past like three years I've wanted to do it. And every time yeah. I've like, who go out to the bars or anything and I'm drinking, I'm like, I'll come with these like crazy ideas. And I'm like, <laughs> so everyone give me yeah. a hug. like, oh, this is one of those again. And I'm like, no, seriously, like this time. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's how it always is. It's like, oh, here goes fucking Perry oh, yeah, talking yeah. about making a team but, or here goes, you know what I mean? So it's like, but, but it's actually true this time. And like, it's crazy. I mean, I'm pumped for sure. So. So you guys got this whole team. You guys got your roster seem to be figured out. Who is going to be coaching this? Just behind the bench. Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be a little uh, player pro action going, coach? We No, that never works out very well. <laughs> but, um, uh, we actually no, have a no, guy that works. <laughs> no legit, no legit pro. We talk about it all the time. Like, no legit pro team that wins constantly all the time does, like, okay, has no coach. That you have to have a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Especially since, like, we're all so close. Like, it's so easy. Like, like we'll have, like, guys that are point leader or whatever. But, like, when you're so close, I think it makes it so easy for you to argue and, uh, like, have, like, too many people talking at once. So, it's like, you know, me and Ryan already talked, like, hey, we got to make sure we got a coach. <laughs> you can't have that because you're, I'm like, me and Ryan, like, me and him will go at it in games. Like, saying opposite shit. Oh, me and Swim's even. So it's like, you definitely need a coach. So the guy that we went at um, to ask um, is a guy we've all known for a really long time. Um, and his name is John Sutton. Uh, he's played, you know, high-level ice hockey. He's coached high-level ice hockey for uh, schools. And, he's, he, I mean, he's just a great guy, too. Like, he keeps it light. And then at the same time, he's a very intelligent hockey player. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. He's going to be really fun to have around. He played NRHL, and that's how I knew him from playing against him. I never knew him, like, personally. Like the first yeah. couple seasons? Yeah. And then Corey texted me, like, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? It was like, hey, yeah. my girlfriend, Sarah Sinney, he's like, ask her, like, about Mr. Sutton. And I'm like, like why are you calling him Mr. Sutton? <laughs> Mr. Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, who is that? <laughs> exactly. School teacher. I'm like, who is Mr. Sutton? Like, and she's like, that was my school studies teacher at NSA where she went to prep school in Lake Placid. <laughs> That's crazy. Why? Yeah, it's a small, small world, but he, he's just, like, an awesome guy, though. Like, he's, like, someone, like, everyone just loves. Like, he's, like, that locker room guy and everything. So That's good. Uh, he, he's he's going to be, I think, a pretty awesome person to have around. So hopefully he can uh, – coming for um, our first winter tournament come up in March, I can't remember which one it is. NPA for Feasterville. Oh, uh, Winter Wars. Uh, yeah, Winter Wars. Thank you. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, he. Uh, we're, oh yeah. So Sutton, like Perry said, he played the first season. I think he played with Revive, right, Perry, or mm-hmm. the Chiefs. Jeez. I think he played for the Chiefs. Yeah, and then the second Jeez. season, he actually played with me on the Surge. All right. And uh, I mean, the guy. You want to talk about, like, one of the best locker room guys, like, one of the best teammate-like guys. Like, the guy is, like, one of the funniest guys, but also, like, on the other hand, is, like, one of the most intelligent guys for, like, hockey in general. Like, he coached, you know, Honeybake, I think, 16s. I think he coached Caesar 16s or 15s. Like, he's coached guys that got – like, multiple guys that got drafted. I mean, so the guy is – I mean, he's legit, that's for sure. 
that's definitely a huge pickup for us to have on the bench too. A guy that everybody knows too, so that'll be sweet. So what's your guys' plans for going to uh, the tournament series? Is it first ones, uh, you said Winter Wars? Yeah, that'll be our first. Uh, Winter Wars and then West Wars. We're going to do both of those, so Feasterville and then Chicago. And then I think for summers we'll just do, the. I, I mean, in my mind, the main two, we'll do Narch and then we'll do State Wars. I'm a pro. I mean, we got to put a bid in still for Pama Pro, but I mean, hopefully we get accepted. Yeah, sure performing well at these first couple terms you guys go to will be a huge thing, especially because you're playing in their tournament. So. Yeah, it's it, the first one's gonna be huge just to get our name out there. We don't want to come out and obviously like, embarrass ourselves or do anything like that. So, so what yeah. uh, what's your guys' color scheme going like? I was gonna ask too. We don't know. We're, we're waiting on rink right right now. <laughs> okay. Are you waiting for them to change uh, if they're going to change colors or not? Uh, yeah, they're, we're waiting. On, uh, uh, Ryan, you know better than I do. The new wheel is going to drop, and they want us to base it off of that, whatever the new wheel is going to be. So okay, we're kind of waiting for that. And we'll probably for Winter Nationals, we'll just wear their basic jerseys, whatever it is, like the highlighter yellow or whatever they bring for us. And then summers, we'll, we'll bring out some new stuff. Cool. Nice. Um, playing hockey and, uh, you know, growing up in Detroit, all, all three of you guys, um, how, is the, uh, how is the game in Detroit of roller hockey? Is it growing anywhere? Is it declining? Is it kind of just at a steady pace? Or what's uh, Detroit roller hockey? Honestly, it's um, – yeah, of course. Um, roller hockey has been more of a struggle in the last, like, five years or so. Like, it's been hard. <laughs> like you have ice hockey kids that come back you have like these tire and honey back kids around here that they bring their teams in the summers they come back and like they get into it but like, like during the years like it's not like what it was when we were growing up when like you know every rink has like three divisions of like every age group and right now it, it's it's not really doing as good as it used to. And I think that's like a huge kind of thing going into like the NRHL, which you hope for, like, and why you need like a professional league. It's hard for a parent to look at like roller hockey and you're like, well, where do you go from here? Yeah. Like, I mean, and nobody, and you can't like sell like, oh, you're going to have a great time. The parents, all parents. So it's like, you, you need like direction for like a pro league. Like one day you could get paid to do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's. Kind of, I think that's. I was leading oh, to the next question about NRHL. I mean, you guys all have, three have played, um, right? You you did two in the first year, Schultz. Um, yeah. Aren't you like the point leader, Perry, or weren't you? Hey, I beat him the second year. I don't know why everyone says this shit. I beat him the second year. So Wayne and Bobby Orr of the NRHL right That is. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, good. What was your guys' views going, you know, playing in that first, what was it, two seasons, correct? Yeah. Yeah. What was your guys' views, you know, like you guys, um, you know, how did you guys like playing in it and how, how did it end? I think that we were all – we're all on different sides of the spectrum for that league. Like, I was on the Warcat. Yeah. We had, like, a full Narch team going in. And then Schultz was on Surge, and then he was on – and then Hodge was overseas for the first year, I believe. Yeah. And then, so each team – Yeah, I was in France for the first year. We had two or three pro guys. So the parity was, like – I mean – it was it wasn't like horrible, but it wasn't good because you had a full pro team playing against two or three large pro guys. And then it was like uh, it, the best way I can explain it. It'd be like it'd be like the Saturday night games, like um, that. Like all the best guys would like come to play, but like Perry said, like Border Cats, you had probably eight serious pro guys, and then every other team had like maybe two or three pro guys, and that's it. And then the rest of the guys were, you know, still good players. But you're talking, you know, Tuesday night, Thursday night guys that are good players, but guys that you don't see at Narch, guys that you don't see at Tours. So or that probably shouldn't be getting paid professionally. Yeah, for sure. So, like like Perry said, the, the reason it was such a bust, like I think we had like 400 people at our first night ever, like opening. It's pretty sick. And it was like, yeah, it was insane, like, I mean, the rink was buzzing, but, like, then 
when Border Cats come out and beat a team 12-1, like nobody wants to see that, right? So, like nobody's going to pay money to go on. Like <laughs> there was a guy in Perry's team that was like, my girlfriend and her family don't want to come us watch beat a team like 14-1. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, there were a few games there that were like 22-2. Yeah, and, I yeah. remember a couple pretty bad ones. Bad candies, yeah. bad D, bad something. Yeah. So, like, as the, a, as the season a went on, yeah, like, as the season went on, like, we were in the we were in the finals against Border Cats, and I feel like, I mean, I'm sure Perry feels the same way, but the playoffs were a little bit better for sure. Like, I mean, we were even winning at one point, like 6-3 to three or something. But, like, it started to pick up and be a little bit more competitive for sure. And then when you get into the second year, you had, um, you know, I think they even did a little bit better picking guys for sure instead of just taking whoever. Like, the second year to the first year was, like, night and day. It was crazy. What would you say, Perry? Hodge came, when Hodge came back from France the second year, he, built, he took over one of the teams and made it. Yeah, and then he had swims and you know Debray and those guys. So good GM right there. Purcell, did a solid. Yeah, Purcell, Purcell. He 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 was a big one too. Does didn't he? Uh, so is is he playing with you guys in the uh, with your Detroit team or what? Is he still playing at the Border Cats? I think um, no. I think he's still at the Border Cats. I, I, I haven't no. talked too much lately. I know. I mean. That's someone that that would be probably interested. I I don't know. I haven't got to talk to him in a while, so I'm not sure. I'm I think he's still the border cats. I just don't know what the border cats are doing right now. I thought a lot of the older guys were moving on, and I thought they're going with a lot of their younger guys. But I could be wrong. I I like I really know. Did you guys? So in the first two seasons, were you guys like paid? Um, how were you guys paid, or were you paid, or was it for because? How was the pay structure in that? The first season we didn't get paid. The second season, it's like a, the second season was forty a win and twenty a loss. And so you got paid every money. You got an envelope full of cash either way. You win or lose. That's cool. nice. That's not bad. It was it was nice. It was it was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like they're going to um, really improve on like the paying. It sounds like they really up their budget. I think that's a huge part of how they're getting some of these ice hockey guys involved, which a lot of them have ties to these players too. So it's, it's not like these guys are randomly picking guys, like uh, like the Port Huron guy, Jeff Blum. Like he, he knows Tyler Speed, not a random thing. And uh, Yeah, they're all so like picked the, for These guys know the players. They've been in contact. Okay. Now, if they follow through, I have no idea. But they did work on their budget for money. Okay, so like basically they're investors and people who are kind of giving them the money. Um, they have a more backing than they did the first couple of years. Getting these guys that they say they're going to get. Yeah. Like if you put out a huge post of Tommy McCollum's coming to Grant or Rapids or whatever, like if that doesn't happen, then it looks bad. Yeah. But, but you get – because when and you I, make promises, especially in roller, like roll, like Perry said it before in the podcast, like – Everyone's so quick to be like, oh, that's not going to happen. Like, that's not going to happen. That's how it always is. Like, ice is so, like, there's so many variables that are put into place that, like, that doesn't really happen that often because they're, like, organizations that have been around forever. But, like, when someone tries to start something all the time in roller, it's always it's not going to happen. So my my biggest thing is just I, I just – I. I believe in them, and I really, truly believe in, like, Clausen and those guys. I think what they're doing is amazing. And, like, if I get a chance to play with the Dragons, I mean, and play with those top, top guys and play in that league, I mean, it'd be an honor. I just hope that they do the things that they say they're going to do, you know? Follow up. For sure. And then uh, your other question, uh, me, Kyle Schultz, Adam Swims, uh, Aaron Schwartz, Nick Smolenski, uh, Mike DeBray, Bander. Um, I'm sure there's some guys I missed in here. Uh, uh, Tyler Schofield, uh, they all went to the Detroit Combine. And that's how, um, like, some of us uh, end up getting PTO contracts from teams because we went to the Combine. Okay. Like, uh, me and Swims got four here on. 
uh, Kyle and Nick Swinsky, uh, guy, uh the Dragon, um, Tyler Schofield got a uh, Grand Rapids. Okay. So how was the combine? How was it run? Was it a uh, kind of, I mean, I guess compared to, you know, your practices that you've been to and stuff that you've played, um, how was it? Uh, I mean, it's pretty cool because, like, Michigan, they had a uh, Chad LaRose. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I mean, we all know him anyway because he plays roller in the summer and stuff. So, like, uh, he's a great guy. So, it's cool to have him out, like, uh, for the practices and stuff. It's awesome. uh, the skate was pretty good. Um, the, you could see that the, the level of each player was all over the place from, like, our kind of group of guys to, like, other people. But um, it, it was ran really well. And I, I think they they implemented a offside rule. So for and NHL? I think that was uh, – yeah, from what I've heard, yeah. it's to a double eye um, it's, Yeah, it's, you got to skate it over the red. Yeah. You can't pass it. Okay. It. Wow. So, in my opinion, I think it's huge because it makes it. Because I mean, like as much as we all love roller, sometimes watching guys pass the puck around for fucking like ten minutes, boring shit. <laughs> and it, it can be hard to get people to be attracted to watching that. So, Speaking by of implementing that. the offside rule, it it creates a forecheck and. And um, it, it creates a, a faster pace of the game for sure. Yeah, different aspect. What are you making fun of me for? No, uh, uh, Narch just implemented the rule against what we did last year at State Wars. <laughs> Where you guys sat with the puck for nine minutes or something yeah. like that behind the half line? That was something yeah. else, different. So we have that in Paiha right now, or we've had it for three years. But now we they just added a rule this year that – you can't stop behind the net. So as soon as you stop behind the net, you have three seconds to uh, cross the red line, uh, you know, the goal line. Right. And if you don't cross the first three games, they, they had to change the rule, but the first three games, it was a penalty if you didn't get it. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine trying to control the puck? Yeah, I tell you are doing that. Too. What is it? Just a whistle now? Yeah, just a whistle now. Down to the like, just a low, um, low dot. That's it. Um, I think it is just important to have like uh, something that helps the the game keep moving. Because it does. Like, I mean, because roller hockey is so talented. So sometimes it sucks when like the control game goes too far. I mean, hell, like I remember. I, I think the last two years I tried to watch uh, the the college roller championships, like LU versus. Um, Farmdale or wherever, mm-hmm. dude. I had to turn it off because I just like I'm mean, passing the puck back ten minutes. Like Jesus, who wants to watch that? Like, yeah. Like I want to watch someone like at least put in the board. Like someone dangle someone, get a shot. Like it's just again, I love roller hockey and I'm a guy that controls the puck. So I mean, but you want to you want to see like for people who like watching it. Sometimes it can be hard when it goes too far. Would you guys ever want the game to be played like they do in Europe? Like maybe start implementing like a smaller rink or smaller nets to make the game faster? Or any of that like interest you guys here? And uh, it's hard because uh, <clears throat> I love the playing in France, but I felt I never because I'm used to the slowdown game and bigger rinks and space. It sometimes it's it changes it a lot for sure. It definitely changes the speed. It, it feels like it can be a lot more stop and start game rather than as much of it's a flow game here with the bigger rink. So, I wouldn't mind a small rink. It's a lot less skiing I'd have to do. That's that's for sure. Yeah, as I say, so you can just reach across the rink. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I like the offside rule. I like if it was smaller. I don't know. I I hate like. I mean, Hodge knows. I hate going back. Like I hate like controlling the puck i just i want to like get it go and like four check and then go again like I, that's just how i am so i like it like especially for nrhl because like they said the fans are definitely gonna like it more that it's action back and forth like full speed instead of like throwing it all the way back having it you know so mm-hmm. it's gonna make in the offside rule is gonna make guys like, like you can't you have to use that red line now and you can't like, you can't really like. You can't throw it defense, back and then throw it straight back across. Yeah, like the D knows that he can jump that guy now, and like before yeah. he would have to, he would have to stay back because if there's a guy behind him, he's got to be worried about it. Yeah, you so can't like, a guy. 
yeah, now you can jump on a guy and, you know, so it's more, there's more forcing and in, in action, I think. Because, yeah. like, a four-check and roller can be really hard. I mean, like, you could do it, obviously. Like, Palm is actually good at it and really, really good last few years. Like, with uh, they'll go in real hard with two guys and they, they cycle out really well. So a lot of teams, I mean, how many teams really four-check roller hockey yeah. at the pro level? Not many. I mean, it's like one, one, two, and you wait for them to come at you. Yeah, I mean, then, the first 10 and minutes. If, and then always, if you do, you get screwed. Yeah, in the first 10 minutes, like, every pro championship game is feeling each other out. So, like Hodge said, it's like 10 minutes straight of just going up, going back, going up, going back. Like, they're just trying to see what the other team's going to do. So, I'm hoping that that's gone, you know. But I will say, like he's saying about the small rinks, you don't – I think with going with the small rinks, you don't have to change the rules. And I think that is a huge positive. Yeah. Because then you can, you get to leave the game the way it is, and then it's just because there's not that space anymore, you're, you're able to – the game stays faster. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, I ask that just because whenever – sometimes when I, we watch the uh, – you know, the French championships over there on YouTube. Um, sometimes they are more exciting because ranks are so small, so there's so much action. But the skill level in some of the games aren't there, you know. Um, and, you, and you don't have room, I guess, to necessarily even see how fast someone really is or room to even dangle as much as you can. But, yeah, yeah no, it does definitely make it exciting. Yeah, it takes away the speed game a lot because, like – you might be able to take two strides and be across the ring pretty much. But at the same time, a guy can pretty much turn around and still have a stick on him. So yeah. it's like, it, it, that part. <laughs> I mean, there's like, I swear there's some teams, it's like, it feels like there's some guys can't, aren't even fast and hard and hard to skate. But they're smart enough so they can be in position well enough where it's like, exactly like I said, they can turn around and still like whack your stick and they're right there still. Yeah, or how many games like, me and Perry would be out for a shift and we'd come back to the bench and Perry would be like, hey, do you feel like they're just all over you? <laughs> like, you have no, like we have just no room and you're like, what is happening? It like, happens a lot in Detroit. A lot of the Detroit rings are tiny. Dude, like Dumar, like Dumar's rink is like that. Like I play pedal Tuesdays. Um, it's like all, even smaller. It's like all pro guys. Yeah, it's like a draft league. We have every Tuesday. And, uh, it's like a lot of the border cats, like, you know, me, Smolensky, like basically a lot of pro guys. And that's how it is. It just like, you're just, they're on top of you constantly. And they're it's like, are, they're, but they're not like small lengthwise. They're just su- like super narrow compared to yeah. Like, yeah. the rink. It's, yeah. It's pretty- are you, uh, Perry, are you playing this year since you live, I know you're living in what, New York, right? Uh, I live in Connecticut, just outside. Connecticut, okay. Over the New York border, but yeah, I play at Ithaca, uh, like a couple nights a week. Okay, are you going to play in the NRHL at all? Yeah, I think I'm moving back to Detroit in April. So okay. I'll, yeah, cool, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've been, I, but they're it's a hard group to talk to. Like I try to get in contact with them and just like kind of let them know like I'm going to move back and yeah. I want to support it and I want to join. But that's they're tough to get in contact with. They're tough to yeah. Questions and like you, th- you think they'd want more support, like if someone's reaching out, but they got their own thing going on. So hopefully, hopefully, I'll get drafted. And if not, then <laughs> I guess I'll just be. How, <laughs> well, for you two that are for sure playing, and Perry, I know you will. Maybe are you? How excited are you guys for the season? Or is there any more excitement than there was last year or last time or what? I mean, they still have to try. Do you guys have to try out still, right? Yeah, it's still. It sounds like there's still like a camp. Okay, I take it that's like a tryout. I mean. I imagine uh, I guess. you'd probably make the team. Me and Swim have talked with, like, the Blum guy a lot, and, like, he's been real helpful. He's actually talked with, like, us about, like, players to draft and stuff and a little help, like, knowing some players he might not know. So, um, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty – I'm really excited for it. Like, you know, um, I just – I hope for one day there's a professional roller hockey league. I mean, that would just be awesome. I mean, I love the tournaments and they're amazing. I, I like, I have so many memories doing all of it. But at the end of the day, it's like, wouldn't we all want to get, love to get paid to actually play? I yeah. mean, again, like, I know there's a lot of like 
haters out there and people that might not think that might not happen. And I mean, we all got to wait and see what happens. But I hope for the best. There's some guys out there trying to make it where you make money playing this sport. So that's one interesting thing going in about NRHL is there's rumors that they're going to try to combat with summer with summer nationals so that's what i was gonna that's kind of like my second question so how do you guys think because it starts in may goes to august correct right so um how do you guys think that's gonna work with you know these big names that have been drafted you know shane fox bezia alex kyle you know do you think that how are they gonna choose that over uh thirty thousand dollars at palma pro or I think it's team specific from what I've heard from different people that it's it depends yeah. on your coach, it depends on your manager if they're gonna let you play, if they're gonna say if you go you're cut. Like yeah. It on wow, yeah, so at the combine okay. um basically they said that. So they said, you know, I mean you got guys like Bealstein with St. Louis and that that's a guy that's huge into the summer tournaments and yeah. I mean I mean tours, right? So um, you know, Joe Cook's involved a lot. Um, so I think that there's some guys, some GMs in the league that see it one way. They're like big-time ice hockey guys, you know, come from playing in the NHL that you sign a contract, this is it, this is how it goes. And then other guys are like, hey, listen, like, roller's a different breed. Like, you know, there's this summer, there's these tournaments that these guys, that's their whole – like, that's a Stanley Cup, right? Like, Palma Pro, Narch. Like, yeah. so, so, like Perry said, I think it's just your owner, your GM, your coach. And I don't know, just depending on how they feel about it. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? At the end of the day, they're going to pay you. Like, I mean, if you make $500 a week for from May through August, or I think the minimum was 250 Yeah. If you're going to make that May through August, and that's guaranteed – I don't see losing your spot to maybe win a thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, it might be. But you're actually making money. Like it's again, like I love the tournament, and would I be upset not playing them? Yeah, for sure. But like, if I'm if I'm getting paid five hundred to two hundred fifty or plus dollars like a week extra on what I'm already making, it's like I'm getting paid to play now. Like, Productive am I not? And that, and that, yeah, and that's guaranteed money I'm getting. Yeah, not yeah. like. I like I not the high chance of winning a national, which again, like that, there's it's amazing. Like to win one of those is incredible for sure. But like to actually make money playing the game we love, I mean, I just it's hard to think like that's not a no brainer to want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're good. They're paying you two fifty plus, like two fifty minimum. Top guys, I mean, probably five seven hundred dollars somewhere in there, and then they're paying for your housing if you're moving like they're paying for like they're committing a lot to so, it so is there is there housing so for instance if a person's moving from you know if you don't if you don't have a place to live yet perry and you you know move back during that time will they put you up in living or will how how does that work yeah that's from what i've heard that's what they're doing it's going to be okay. just like if you were to play the federal hockey league or the S- <laughs> they give you a place to live for the time you're there yeah, nice. I talked, uh, me and Swins, like, we talked a little bit, and Jeff Blum, he brought up to us if we would want help on getting an apartment report here on if we would want it. I take it if he's asking, they can help do that. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. How I far is Port here on from you? For me, it's about an hour. So it's oh, not, no. like, crazy. I'm already looking to move, like, kind of out east or out east that way anyway with, like, my girlfriend, so... I don't think I'll be going to Port Huron to live there, but uh, I mean, it's still awesome that they have that available for. Yeah, no, that's a. That's I, I think that's another like solid thing is it's based in Detroit, so for the Detroit guys, like, which is probably going to make up fifty percent of the league at least. Like, are they going to make guys quit their jobs? Like, if you have a full time job, like, like Schultz, like, has a a good career path. Like, you have a good paying job, and they're going to try to make you quit that to do practicing and to do, like, they want to like. Treat like the ice league. They want you to go to schools and like do stuff like that during the day. They want you to do stuff for the fans. Like, are they? What are they going to do about your job? Because you're not going to. Guys yeah. are going to toss away making career money to make two hundred fifty dollars a week. Yeah. Yeah. Really That's the other hard part. Hard part if they expect like for you to almost lose your other job for this. That's that. That's 
almost on the other side of making it hard if you actually want to play. Yeah, and I think it's just like we talked about with the playing tournaments. I think every owner and GM has to look at their team, see who they have. Like, like the Geist guys coming back, I don't see any issue with them, like, especially if they're from here, like, they're going to play this in the summer and then go back and ice, right? So those guys are out of the equation for that conversation. But I think for guys like me and Hodge and these guys that have jobs and Perry will be working when he comes back, I think the GMs need to look and say, listen, let's practice at 7 p.m., right? Yeah. Like, let's not, let's not practice during the day. Let's practice at night so everybody can make it. Let's do, you know, two, three times a week, that's it, or maybe twice a week. Like, you know, we don't we don't need to have – a practice at 9 a.m. every day and make it mandatory. I think it's – especially that'd be foolish for the first couple of years. I mean, down the road, guys are making, you know, for their goal, if this is the career and guys are making tons of money, then, yeah, I guess you can tell them this is all you're going to do. But nice for right now, yeah, for right now, you you can't really tell guys the they can't work. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you were talking about fan interaction and stuff, and I was wondering how – since you said the first night it got pretty big in the uh, NRHL, like the fan scene and stuff, going into this new season and the new rules and stuff, do you guys think – how big do you guys think the – how many fans do you think will come to the games? I think uh, – As well as it's promoted, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they're booking the arenas to have – Yeah, do you think they'll be able to fill those arenas? Or, I mean, how do you think they're going to – I mean, I don't know. I mean, RHI did it. Yeah. If you look at it from that angle, but from well, it's, 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 too. Yeah. it's gotta be an experience, man. Yeah. Like it's gotta be I mean, more than just a roller hockey game. Yeah. Right. Like you gotta get, you gotta get the attention of the guy who comes home after work and he's going to pack his family into a car, like to go up to Frazier, like have the mask outside. You need to interact. Yeah, have, have a, well, they're talking about, like, before the games, like, say a Friday night game, say we play at 7 or whatever. Like, they're talking about, you know, earlier in the day, like, 4 or 5 o'clock, they're going to have stuff outside, right? Like a shooting tent, a beer tent, uh, you know, like, football, right? Like, so you make, it, you make it like a whole event for, like, you and the whole family instead of just, like, we're going to a game. It's, it's definitely possible. Like, even, like, Corey said last night, he went to the Toledo game. And he was texting me earlier, and he was like, I'd rather go to the Toledo game any day than go to a Red Wings game. So it's like, it's possible. Yeah, they're blast. What do they do? What do they do there at the Toledo games? I mean, it's just like, it's so much more like homey, where it's like the fans are so much more involved. Like, I mean, you're just like constantly, it's like, it's almost like a party, like a constant party, like the whole time. Like, so just, I mean, even like outside, like the arena, it's like more like just like hanging out and like, like I said, it's just—it's a lot more homey. It's a lot more fans involved and wanting them to be involved. And like, I don't know. It's just like the atmosphere is just like as bad as it's a lot makes you feel a lot closer and a lot more fun. It's almost like less regulated. Like the NHL is so regulated on what you can do. Yeah. 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 And I think too is like if you make the players into superheroes, like it sounds cliche and funny, but I'm like yeah. if you. If you make the players in the NRHL reachable, right? So, like, some little kids come to the game and they see Perry or see Hodge and they're like, oh, my God. Like, they can talk to those guys, hang out with those guys. Like, we, we've we never been able to hang out with Red Wings. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's not, and, that's and, and, and on that note, like, Kyle was saying, like, Toledo, Toledo does, like, those guys are – they are accessible. Like, guys like Shane Burstback and stuff. Like, they're, they're accessible for people. Like, they're just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thing that makes you like connect better i think yeah so like those skates after the games like where they can come on the floor and skate with the players and like that kind of stuff they have to just do all that to make sure that the players are reachable we just so the kids see it i just talked about it how state wars used to do their all-star game and they have the kids come out and give away jerseys and auction off jerseys yeah arch did that when we were younger too do you guys remember playing in arch regionals and making the nhl junior all-stars yeah yeah stuff like that i wasn't that good then that too like that they just come out and get a jersey that a pro guy's wearing or or whatever it can be that yeah because that last state wars is the last time is in indiana fort wayne 
they did that. And yeah. that was one of the, I think, the coolest things I've seen for kids throw hockey uh, in North America. That, there was a lot. Places just packed with little kids everywhere. And they used to do the scheduling around the pro games. I don't know if they still do that. They used to put the little kids at the same time. Yeah, they, they still do that. Like that, I think that's huge. Like a lot of the games you see, the stands are packed. I mean, the Lightning, like you guys said, you guys are talking yeah. about Khan and TNT going at it. Like the, the late night games, like there's no one there. Yeah, you can base the schedule around kids a little bit better. Like that would help too. Like any. But uh, the, the seats actually getting filled. I mean, I think for all of us, I think it's just like we're all like gonna have to wait and see like what happens actually. Yeah, because it is hard to like. Like I played in France, and it, it and in Europe, it's amazing. Like if you've seen the games, like like you have. Uh, yeah, how was your experience in playing in Europe? Uh, I loved it. Like, um, you know, I I played on like a real like homey team, um, which is my style, like with Apernay, Um and I loved all the guys there. Like every like playing there was amazing. People were amazing to me. I met a lot of good friends. Uh, last the last time I was here, there, I met a uh, Jakob Bernard, uh, Czech. For uh, he's amazing. I, mean, I think wow. he's got to be top hands in in the world, in my <laughs> opinion. But uh, so, uh, and I think at Worlds um, last year, I think he had the most points for uh, the World Roller Games. Yeah, pretty sure he. I pretty sure he led it with fourteen points in round robin or something. And probably – we probably posted yeah. the stats or something. Are you guys uh, Red Wings fans? Of course. Yeah. Boys, what's going right on now? with your team? <laughs> Dude, they're back to Dead Wings right now. Yeah, what is going on? The Dead Wings. All, we got a rebuild going on. We, got, we had Tank for like three to five years, so we get like Lafreniere and a couple of good players. Yeah, I mean, you had like 25 years of – Dominance. dominance. So like, yeah, yeah. You can afford yeah. to have a couple of years. That's how, but that's how that's how spoiled Detroit is. Like we're just <laughs> we're the worst. We're the worst. We can win the cup and then like sixteen years in a row, and then we lose once, and everybody hates them, and nobody wants to watch them anymore. That's just how it is. I'm lucky. Right, we- I got out, so I get to watch the Rangers and the Islanders over here. You got uh, choices okay. now. <laughs> I don't have to watch stick to the Red Wings anymore. <laughs> you guys going to any other tournament? I'm here. Uh, yeah. So. I'm going to try to go – for sure go to uh, the – what is it, Midwest Wars in Chicago? I did that last year. Okay, nice. It is, that, it is so fun. And, uh, I don't know, that rink's just sick, too. I'm going to try so, to get out to yeah. uh, Weird Wars East in Kelly like you did last year? I'm going to do West maybe – I don't. I want to go East, west, but – Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go West for sure, I think. Um, we'll see because our Pi schedule, like we're supposed to go back to the East Coast during that yeah. time. I'm playing in that. I haven't played yet, but I'm okay. playing. Oh, you are? What team are you? You got uh, the the Legends. The Leg- Oh, the New York Empire Legends? Yeah. I was supposed to play the first two uh, The first two meetings. It was like right around Thanksgiving, so I was in Detroit. And then it was right around Christmas, so I was in Detroit. Okay. And I think we play like the end of April. We do like a double Saturday. We play at I think Wolf- we- Long Island. Yeah, we come. I think we might be in April. I think that's when we're um, yeah. Us and Yoder's team, like Burnett, uh, like the Thunder are pretty good here. They have a pretty good team with CJ Yoder and Burnett and Wasser. Right. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played yet, but I, I know this thing, obviously. It's yeah, like, it's, you know, you don't get paid weekly, but if you win at the end of the year, you do. <laughs> right, definitely. Even, even just to play, like it's a competitive league. Like we played, me and Schultz played Paha. Uh, probably ten years ago. Two thousand eleven. Yeah, I think I was eight, was maybe eighteen it? or nineteen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, well. We don't have it anymore. Detroit. I was like twenty-one. Yeah, <laughs> a while ago. Yeah, no, Paiha back then was pretty big because it was in the Midwest too. Um, yeah. I think played, some Arizona like, teams. We played. We played some sick teams, man. Like playoffs, like we played like Phil Maroon and the Snipers, like Alex Lewis. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I mean, they had Pat like Lee, Pat- Chicago had a team with Pat Lee, Messina, Fudge. And then we'd play, like, St. Louis. Like, Garsh was on there. Like, I mean, it was like – and we were, like, younger that time. So, it was like – I mean, we were just like, oh, my God. Like, we didn't know what we were getting into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they, uh, yeah, I remember because it was the Snipers. They came out here and won it. Like, Matt Sexton was on their team. Yeah, yeah. 
Yankee. I think played with them when he was like uh, my age. We were, I think we were 18. We were like, we we're the only ones with the cages on. Everyone's like chirping us. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. No, yeah, it's uh, in Detroit no more. They don't have any more. There's no more leagues you can play for pro. No. No. Well, they got the NRHL coming back, so hopefully soon you guys will get something, and hopefully, you know, good news comes out of that, and they're able to like, get it going because, like we said earlier, roller hockey doesn't have something for the younger kids to look up to and to have a future in um, and be like, hey, that's what I want to do with my rest of my life because you can get, you know, if you're able to get paid, you know, up to five to $700, depending where you live, you don't probably have to work. You know what I mean? Right. You work so, on top of your pay, like – that's a good chunk of change that's on top yeah, of it. Yeah, sure. go ref a couple nights, you're good. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's for sure. Now, that's why we hope for the best for this, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll definitely have we'll definitely have to, you know, catch up once you guys are in, you know, a couple, couple weeks into your guys' season and seeing how it goes. Well, again, guys, thanks for joining. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. I appreciate us. it, yeah. Of course. Yeah, thank, thank you for All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening to episode two of the podcast. We'll be back with another one, hopefully in a week or in two weeks. But thanks for listening, guys. If you guys want us to talk about any topics specifically, hit us in the DMs on Roller Dad News on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. All right, have a good day, guys. Yeah, I came for whoever is in charge. Just go and get yourself a weapon and a guard. They need some coffee, everybody's sleeping on me. Going around door to door, setting off alarms. All that horse shit, you should've left it at the barn Keep us dying, tell her gallop to the store and get cigars, yeah Too many whips, gotta get a new garage made I might steal one just to drive it in a car chase Me and my bizarre ways I moved up from a private to a sergeant You can see it from the scar face Hidden in a dark place, swimming in the shark tank Give a bitch a little bit of change She a game in an arcade Not a second to lose I'm the motherfucking Bible, that's forever the truth And this is not another case of the celebrity Blues, the devil with me, and he tell me to shoot. Oh, yeah. What would you do? Have you ever had a hurt? Just for something to do.